Greetings, all you magnificent beings and amazing people who are looking to grow and expand and become far better versions of yourself in each and every moment. And welcome to Wake Up Calls with myself, David McLeod, and my beautiful partner, Lina Orlando. Good morning, Lina, or I guess good afternoon, because you're in, in Georgia and I'm here in Meridian. So good afternoon and welcome. Well, it's always fun to be here with you. It's always fun. I look forward to these conversations. They are so uplifting. They are about truth. They are, you know, expansive. So I I wouldn't miss a single one. Yeah, I'm, I'm great. I, I agree with you. And, I'm, and I love the way you say that. Um, because I agree with you. They, they do sound they do feel kind of expansive to me. Uh, and that's a great word because I think that's really ultimately what all of us are trying to do in our, if we listen carefully to our soul and try to let the ego kind of go to, go to, to the to the back, go, go on a vacation somewhere. If we listen to our soul, we realize that ultimately that's what we want to do is express and expand and experience as much as we can of ourselves during this limited time that we have on this physical plane. So expansive is a great word. Yeah. Well, I, I, for me, it's very simple. There's only two directions you can go. You expand, express, extend, or you contract, suppress, and shrink. I mean, that's it. Either right. we become small versions of ourselves, which is what the ego does, and, and inside of, of being a small version of yourself, you're trying to be who you're not. You're trying to express um, who you're not because you're trying to impress other people. And so it's still a shrinking because you can't be who you really are because you think you might get in trouble. Right. Um, but when you're fully in alignment with the truth of who you are, there's nowhere to go but to expand because you're always operating in new newness and freshness and nowness. And all of those things are only possible when, when you are very certain confident in who you are as a soul spirit being who chose to contract yourself and have this human experience and have an ego. And then, you know, it's the same, it's the same power that had you shrink. It's the same power that says, yeah, I'm done with that boring story. Um, right. And isn't it interesting that this expansive nature, knowing the truth of who we really are begins well, it begins long before we're physically born on the planet. But when we arrive here in, in those tiny little human bodies, in those little human forms, we still have that sense of, of wonder and amazement and, and knowing that we are amazing and, and magnificent yeah. and unlimited beings. We have that knowing in our, in our awareness. And it slowly gets squeezed out of us because of our conditioning and our training and the birth of the ego that we're going to be talking about today and how we go through all these different stages and so forth. And I think that's really amazing. And a lot of people, I, I guess it's hard to know, like by the time you're an adult having a kid, most people are already well experienced expressed into one stage of their ego that they then want to pass that same stuff on to their kids you know it's it's the grandparents who may have transcended that and gone beyond that who try to keep the kids connected to their true selves it's it's pretty amazing how that all happens exactly and you know 
long time ago, I recorded a, um, uh, what I call it, uh, a masterclass. It's a video series. Actually, anybody watching this, if you go to my website, lineorlando.com, you can get it for free. And it's called The Soul's Journey. And I was, I was shown when I began to have my, my awakening, I was so blessed. And I say so blessed. Clearly, I pre-planned this, you know, because everything in this human experience, if you understand how it works, it's already scripted. We have free will to choose to align with our soul to work through the stuff or to align with our ego and to, you know, deal with it from an, a, a contracted place or deal with it from an expanded place. But before incarnation, we know we're going to enter into what I call the soul's journey. And there's six faces. It's very simple. Three faces. You start with a wonder face. It's a child, as you were saying, in a state of wonder. Then comes the learning phase, which all happens in tandem. But I break it out so that you can see in different stages of life, it becomes more obvious to observe the stage. But the learning phase is the indoctrination phase is when you are told, you know, you're given your name. You don't even get to pick who you are. I, I love it. People who later on in life uh, change their names, like my niece, she just changed her name. She said, I never felt like I was Lee. I, I felt like I was someone else, but it's the name my parents gave me. So it's what I thought I was, who I thought I was. And we go through that learning phase. Then we go into the control phase where we try to control everything based on what we learned which means we have to be right about certain things and make everything else wrong. And if you're wrong, I'm going to do everything in my power to control your ability to talk to me. I'm going to manipulate. I'm going to dissociate from you, associate only with these other people who we all learn the same thing. And that's the truth. That's what's right. And then, of course, comes the, the completion of those three faces with two choices. One is to you die. You you in the control phase, you go to the end of your death and you die. That's it. Then you wake up in the other side of the, this physical body and you go, oh, wow, wasn't that fun? Let me do it again. Um, and you you return to the light. You are enlightened at the point of death it, when once you cross over. Or you come to that place in this physical experience where you say, I'm done, where you hit your rock bottom where you have the death of the ego and then you become you start the next six or the next three phases of the six, which are you get curious. Then you start unlearning because it's a reversal. You start unlearning and then you go back to the wisdom phase where you go. It's a lot better being like a child in the wonder phase than attempting to control life from my adult um, training of what I'm supposed to be and what I should have, what I should do to be okay. No, I'm okay because I am not my body. I am not this, this indoctrination. That's the transcendence of the ego is you you end the trans. When you take the word transcend, trans end, the trans ends. So put a little hyphen in the middle. And when we get to the place that we end the trans of indoctrination, you now are living with alignment to your your higher self, your true self. That's when you express yourself. We come in doing that and then we learn to shrink it because you know if we're not good little boys and girls, we get in trouble. So we've all been indoctrinated. We, you know, we're no no different than poodles at the circus. We've all been indoctrinated into doing little tricks. 
And when you're tired of the damn tricks, which I was at some point, clearly, then you want to find another way and curiosity leads you. But when you stop being curious, you go back into control. And once you think you have it all figured out, um, and by the way, I do have it figured out. So I live inside of the place that I know what I don't want to go back to. What I don't have figured out is all the expansiveness that's available to us. So mm -hmm. there is a point that you do figure out the insanity and you step out of it. Um, that coming to know that is the wisdom to know the distinction between in the world and of it and in the world, but not of it. So anyhow, yeah, it's beautiful. That sounds like a, a great program. So you, you say that's on your website at linoorlando.com. Yeah, it's and a free, it's a free uh, course. It takes about an hour or so to go through it. Everybody that goes through it is like, oh my God, it's so simple. You explained it so simple. Right. It is simple. Right. Yeah, yeah. Truth is simple. And it is, you're right. It is simple. And you know, the thing is, you talk about the indoctrination phase, which, you know, mainstream tells us is the education phase, which I find interesting in that what they're doing in our education system is they're trying to push information into, into the, the pupils, if you like. They're trying to jam them full of information that they want the, the pupils to know. But real, true education, it comes from the Latin and it means to draw out. Yes. To, to lead out which means that the wisdom is already there. And what you're trying to do is help the pupil learn how to access his or her own wisdom rather than jamming them full of stuff that this ego over here wants them to know. And that's what that's how we've kind of turned education upside down in our world as we have turned so many other things upside down. Yeah, well, and that goes to the stages of the ego uh, that you had um published for us. And that's the immature face of the ego. The ego is very immature. It's very selfish, very, it's all about me. And interestingly enough, most people who run the world, not most, all people who run the world, and they run it because we, we were educated into saying they can run and not us. That's, that's the right. only reason that happens, are all operating from a very immature ego because right. they're operating in lack they're operating and there's not enough. Why else would they have to get it all and hoard it? Because they must think there's a limited amount and they mm -hmm. got to get as much of it as possible. Their mind is so contracted to the potential um, right. uh, and to the awareness of their power to express and extend and, and be infinite. So all egos start off quite immature. So immature is a word that we reserve for little children as a way to indoctrinate us into thinking that that is somebody who doesn't know anything, but it's actually a way to train us into filling their heads up with stuff. So they'll know something, but the, the way that the ego, uh, the stages that I have discovered for the ego so far, there could be more. If anybody has others, please enlighten me and share some more. But through all of my years of coaching, my experience and the experience of my students, and then, of course, I read a lot of other teachers and how they got to the, where they are. So I, I just follow, um, you know, the breadcrumbs. And that immature stage is what we are born, an ego that doesn't quite know, uh, well, it doesn't know God, 
It doesn't know truth because it is the opposite and it cannot have an opposite. It's the block to it. And that immature ego gets educated. It gets indoctrinated. Mm -hmm. And my goodness, when it gets indoctrinated into believing it is the only one that's good, that's right, that's capable, it wants to run the world. And of course, that's a tyrant. But the ego can go to that. Have you seen a two-year-old? Talk about tyrants. Um, an immature child who is has an immature ego, it's all about me, is a tyrant. Um, until, of course, you just lose your complete awareness of anything other than, and you are totally unaware, which is the next stage that we operate from. First, we're immature. We're taking in all that information. Then we're unaware of the light inside of us. And that's really where people operate, immature and unaware. And we right. call them adults and we elect them into office. <laughs> right. And yeah, I think so you've got a couple of interesting points here. First of all, uh, here we have the elected officials and, and some of them aren't elected. Some of them force their way into power. Are That's, some are selected. What's that? Some get selected. Correct. Selection versus election. And in any event, they 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 get picked because they they seem to be willing to abide by someone else, uh, yet another party uh, uh, somewhere out in the distance that is not a, a true spiritual being. It's a you know it's a, a, a true power crazy egomaniac or whatever. And the, the idea is that you've got all of these immature egos running our world and telling the rest of us who are trying to escape from the immature ego <laughs> how we're supposed to live. It's, uh, it, it's really interesting to me that the least qualified people in our, in our universe, in our world, are the ones who have been somehow thrust into power and, and given dominion over us. But so only, only because we bought into that story. So we have to acknowledge our immature and unaware egoic self. Right. And when we understand our immature and egoic self, we begin to then go to the next stage, which is the curiosity stage. Because when you begin to recognize, okay, something is off here. And right now, humanity is in a beautiful, perfect place. Again, I believe the script is written and we were supposed to be here because we've been here before. I mean, they, they we're repeating. We're repeating, ex expecting a different result, the term of insanity. So we are in the middle of repeating the same process. You can go to the Roman Empire. You can go to the Byzantine Empire. You can go to Atlantis. You can go wherever you want to go. It's the same thing. You get people positions of power, and then they think that they are all powerful, and then they begin, because they're operating in an immature awareness, they don't know. They really are the least knowledgeable of all. They just understand how the mind works, but they don't know the way love works. They know love has more power, but they don't focus on learning about love. Otherwise, they would they too would transcend their ego. They focus on blocking love. And because they don't understand real love, they cannot express real love, they attempt to take it from everybody else. This is how, you know, in the matrix, we're all batteries feeding those who don't have enough self-love. They believe that by taking our life force, by taking everything from us, that somehow it, it, it makes them more. 
Right. Well, I think that I what I want to say here is about this is a great point, and I I just want to amplify it a little bit. Not only do they try to block love or suck it out of the other beings on the planet. If they aren't able to do that, then another thing they do, and this is something that I find pretty despicable, is they try to distort love. Yeah. So that they're 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 saying to you, no, this is what real love is over here. This this thing that that I'm giving you, and you know, I I have to do it because I'm your parent, I'm your boss, I'm your controller, whatever. It, and it hurts me more than it hurts you. So you know, you just kind of grin and bear it, put up with it. That's the kind of message that they that they tell us. And then we have even worse situations happening where some people, uh, you know, they, they will suffer atrocious uh, acts of violence on them, like sexual assault and all kinds of weird stuff like that. But they're somehow learning through this process that this is the only way they can get love. Yeah. And so the whole concept of love gets turned upside down, inside out. It's just ripped apart, put back together in the most grotesque manner so that it, it really doesn't resemble anything even remotely close to love. No. So I think that's important for us to be aware of that and to remember that that too comes from the immature and unaware ego. And it's all part of the the ego's objective of maintaining control over all, everyone and everything. Yes. Well, it, it, to that point, and there's so much that you said there that that's wonderful. But when we enter into the, the human experience, we really are immature. We don't know what we don't know when we are a baby. That's just part right. of the, the program. Yeah. Um, and if we have conscious parents that are aware of what real love is, then then the training is very different. Now, you're, you're immature only in that you're not, um, you don't have the maturity to navigate the world, but you are being made aware of where your true power lies and it's within. So right. now, instead of having those tantrums, expecting mommy, daddy, somebody else to fix it, you have a tantrum and your parents help you understand where that came from. And you then begin to learn to love yourself, to soothe yourself, because to be able to be with yourself in your ugliest moments is the beginning part of self-love. Exactly. That's how you yeah. begin to realize that you can love that which is, you know, ugly when you begin to love you in your ugly moments. And then you, you immediately move from that immature ego. You move into the, the realm of, of staying curious to want to discover more about your true self so the ego is not it's not your true self because for the ego uh for the personality to get developed that stays unaware you have to think that who you think you are is your real self there's no curiosity for that spirit self the essence the life force that is in you and it's all just about the physical self the body self the dense self and that's all the ego knows is, is this physical separate me. To get curious is to begin to discover your spiritual self. And that's when the spiritual ego gets, gets uh, created, which is just more sophisticated levels of, of awareness, but not total freedom from the, this idea of that you're just a physical body. And as you were saying, if we have unconscious parents teaching us about love and they learn love 
you know, the old adage of love hurts and operating inside of the Disney kind of love that, you know, you're going to have this shining art knight and shining armor come in and save you. You never really fully understand what love is. And it, it, I was in my late 40s before I began to understand that my entire life I operated with conditional love, except for when I was a little teeny little child that I gave love regardless. Of, I loved everybody regardless of the conditions. So as you were talking about children who grow up in these abusive, very abusive, horrendous situations, they still love their abuser because they can't do anything but extend love. That, that is exactly. what they are. That's Until right. the ego gets cultivated and developed enough and programmed enough into self-protection. And then, right. of course, that abused child who was a victim of an abuser turns into an abuser going forward to others right. because the sense that's of that's what God, they've learned. That's what they learn. That's the only way that they know to be an adult. So that immaturity stays with them and unawareness stays with them. So we're, we're watching right now people waking up and realizing, wait a second, this is all programming. This is all learned. This is all conditioned. All this stuff that we're experiencing out here in the world is information that's indoctrination. And people are beginning to get curious. There's got to be another way, which is... um kind of a fun thing to watch right now. I'm loving watching some of the religious people because there's a few that are standouts for me that I am loving their messages, you know, and I left religion when I entered my spiritual journey, but I've transcended my ego to the point where uh, I love, I love religion because there's truth in it too. I just, sure. I'm not, I'm no longer under the indoctrination of the dogma. And I'm watching so many of these uh, real, true leaders in in speaking about God and speaking about um, that we're in the middle of a spiritual war. Well, it is. It's the war for the spirit inside that got that got suppressed by the ego personality. So right. the spiritualized ego is just an ego that begins to go, oh, wait, what? Not not only am I the ruler of the world, but I'm also God. Oh, God and I are one. So, and you know, that that's an immature perspective of the right. teaching. That, that, that uh, creates the possibility for even more control. Exactly. I just wanted to acknowledge Rayquel for joining. Thank you, uh, Rayquel. I'm glad you're here. Um, if you have comments or questions, please feel free to uh, put them into the chat area and we will do our best to respond to those uh, as the time allows. Oh. Sorry, I, you mind not going on camera? Just uh, just pop off camera there, please. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, this is really a phenomenal topic. This whole this whole thing, and um, there's so much here. There is so much information and so much wisdom here that I, I, you know, it's hard to just pick out one little area and focus on it. I mean, I love your 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 stages of the ego, the you know the immature, the the aware or the aware ego, uh, or unaware. I'm sorry. Then the curious, and then I guess, and curiosity is an important aspect too. Curiosity is something that you can cultivate anytime, regardless of what level of ego you're in. But I think what we are talking about here is a kind of curiosity that is really open. 
It's it's about learning the truth. It's not about um, maybe finding out the dirty, dark secrets about somebody else. That's kind of a, you know, I don't even know what to how to describe that. It is a, certainly a form of curiosity, but I'm talking about the kind of curiosity that's an expansive kind of curiosity, a curiosity that says, how can I be more of who I really am mm -hmm. and stop limiting myself in so many ways? That's the kind of curiosity I think we're talking about here. And how, as I'm doing that, can I support other people in their expansion so that they become more aware and they transcend their egos? I mean, I, I want to do that without necessarily pointing the finger and saying, hey, you're stuck in ego. Then I'm coming from an ego place when I do that. Yeah. And well, well, our ego gets spiritualized. We we all do that. God knows I was on my spiritual pedestal for a very long time and I knew everything and I knew the truth about everybody and everything. And I knew the stages because you have to know it. You have to know it in your head before you can feel it in your heart. So it is part of the journey where but if you stop there and, and there's always a simple test. Do you think you're right? If you think you're right, then you haven't arrived at the transcendence of the ego because the ego doesn't doesn't want to be wrong. But when you reach the level of spirit where I know that I am and I haven't fully embodied all that is possible for me spirit wise, but I'm at the place that there is a, a very clear distinction. And that is in, you know, you and I before the call, we're talking about David Hawkins. Well, in if you study his material, he is a brilliant teacher who brought in incredible teachings that are absolutely profound because when he created his map of consciousness, he gave us in essence, a like a, a list, if you will, of the different frequencies that we move through from being born with all of our wisdom and the wonder face and how we drop down into because we're, we are immature and unaware how we drop down into being totally completely ego driven and then uh this the you know as i said in in my course the phases that we go through three to drop down three to come up same thing until we are fully fully aware that what we are is infinite and you feel it in every fiber of your being and you know your infinite self you can't come to the place of being humble enough to recognize, I don't know, I don't know much, but you know enough that you don't want to let your ego voice run your life. You know that that's the path of suffering. So you become an observer of what is and you stay at a level of curiosity that can observe what's happening in the world right now, like what's happening in the Ukraine and Russia and all that stuff in the US is happening all over the world. You can observe it with a curious sense of, hmm, I wonder what these different players are going to do, but there's no need to judge it because you know how it ends, yeah, how right. it ends. If you, okay. how it ends is that we're all the light choosing to have this experience of limitation temporarily. And how right. it ends is yeah. that love always wins. But remember, as I said to you earlier, in the three phases that we operate from our ego, where we descend into total and complete um, delusion about the truth of who we are, which is what creates the illusion. When we descend to that, when you have the death experience, you return to love. That's why, you know, God wins. Nobody exactly. stays in darkness forever. Yeah. This is a temporary experience.
So we're just learning to transcend the suffering while we're here and ascend to the truth of who we are so that we can experience the, the game. Exactly. The game yeah. in, in awareness. It's, yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? It's uh, And it's something that I can speak for myself. I know that uh, until I was in my early 40s, Oh, I'm I'm now 100% convinced that I was stuck in immature and unaware ego up to that point in my time, and it was it was just that awakening that made it possible for me to become more curious and to become more willing to look beyond. But there's one thing I have learned, and that is, and I think you even said this yourself. I mean, knowing is something that uh, doesn't require anybody's permission. It doesn't require anybody to agree with you. It's when I know something is true, I just know it. And I don't need to make you wrong just because you might have a different opinion. And so that's, that's in a sense, I know I'm right, but it's not about being right. It's about simply knowing the truth. There's a different quality to it than there was when I was in my ego mind. When I was in my ego mind, I couldn't stand the possibility that you might have a different opinion and that we you know, would then be at odds with one another. And I'd somehow have to make you wrong in order to continue to be right. You know what I mean? So there's a different quality to that, to that energy. Now I'm quite happy to say, well, I know I'm right. And I appreciate your perspective, even though it's different from mine. Yeah. That's a very different energy than I used to have before. It so, is. Oh, so look at all these amazing messages. So you're yeah, Rayquell, Yeah. I was Aww. noticing the first one. I was going to say, she, she says, I resonate with this 100%. Thank you so much. This couldn't be more perfect timing for this message. I, yeah, well, I agree with you. I mean, look what's happening in the world. So. Yeah. But let me go back to what you said, um, David, about that, that part of needing to be right, because this is a very important thing that we have to understand. The ego's righteousness is, is what helps you see how immature we are because we learned right and wrong um, at a very young age. And not only did we learn right and wrong, but we were always rewarded when we did it right. So the ego is and not punished when we did it wrong. It, it, that's where I'm headed to. So yeah. the ego doesn't mind somebody else being right. Mm -hmm. What happens is the ego is afraid of the punishment of being wrong. So instead of, of experiencing um, another perspective with curiosity, which would be the mature thing to do in order to, to say, oh, there's lots of different points of view, it has to make the other wrong because it's really truly in a survival place. It's the little kid that doesn't want to get in trouble, doesn't want to get punished. And until we change back to what we talked about earlier, the education system, the indoctrination system that uses rewards and punishments until, and I used to tell my children, nobody here, it's not either right or wrong. It's right. You're right. Or you're going to learn. That's it. Either you got the answer right, or you're going to have to learn the right answer. But there was never a wrong because it was always to me to be wrong is to not know, which means it's to learn, to, to go figure it out. Right. And our system, so many systems have to change because they're all intertwined. You know, you can't, you can't mandate one thing yeah, and right. face this and mm -hmm. not deal with everything else. But this, yes, exactly. Convincing others. 
we are every single time we need to tell somebody that they're wrong is because we don't believe our own truth. So we are convincing ourselves through our righteousness of it. But everything that we defend ultimately, it's incorrect. It yeah. has to be incorrect because we don't we're, we haven't been curious enough to understand the the infinite divine way that doesn't need to be doesn't need to be right. You know, you're also a student of A Course in Miracles, which is my favorite book to teach from. And it says in my defenselessness, my safety lies. I don't need to defend my truth because when I know it for me, I'm resting in a in a place of such grounded knowingness that I am safe in the mind of God. And if it's my truth, it's my truth. Why would I defend it when I know all of this is a temporary, you know, act that we're playing in? And why would I bother, you know, putting down a holy brother or sister to, for my righteousness? Well, that's what the that's what the ego would do. That's what the immature ego. Right. I think that's a, that's a really interesting phrase. In my defenselessness, my safety lies. Yeah. And, and there's some powerful message there that it's much more subtle than I think people might realize initially. But what does defenselessness mean? It means you don't have your armor on. It goes. It means you don't have your your fortress around your body and around your your castle. It means that you are open. It means that you are available. It that's what it means. And let's face it, you don't really need that armor and that you know that super fortress protection. All you need is your truth. That is your truth right there. So if you don't have, if you don't put, if you don't surround yourself with defenses, then you don't have to protect anything. Exactly. It, being defenseless doesn't mean that you are not protected. You are always protected by source, by spirit, by God, by whatever you want to call it, because you are infinite in your nature, in your, in your true nature. And therefore you cannot in any way be harmed. But yeah. the ego doesn't know that. And that's part of what we're trying to do here is to get get to a place where the uh, we become more of a aware ego than unaware ego. Mm. Uh, yes, I, I hear you You're discovering your truth and your life's purpose. It's always going to be 180 percent or 180 degrees from what what our ego got conditioned to believe is our purpose. So let me talk about what you said a little bit, because in, in one of my processes, that I take my clients through and I teach it in, well, we've done in many classes, but when I'm, when I'm in the teaching people about what a defense is about, I tell them to play with a word. So when you look at the f defense and switch it to two words, the fence, T H E F E N C E. When we are in defense, we're building the fence. Correct. Means yeah. you are automatically separating yourself further. And as we separate and you use the world, the word, you know, like a castle, we we encircle ourselves in this defensiveness, protect ourselves. We're doing quite a few things. We are convincing ourselves that we are weak and somebody else can hurt us, perpetuates a victim mentality um, that justifies the, the armor, the ammunition, the army. And we are also perpetuating these, this idea of separation, of specialness. And I've got to defend myself from you because you're going to come and take something from me. Well, that is an ego trickery to keep us from 
coming to the place of realizing that until we all drop our fences and drop the defenses, we can't operate on this planet in this new earth where we are free and safe to collaborate and co-create and, and come up with something that is greater and grander than our little indoctrinated mind can imagine. So exactly. yeah. to get curious enough about our spirit self and our ego self and move into the place where, yeah, our ego is going to get spiritualized. That's the last egg to be cracked. It's a spiritual ego that knows about God, thinks it is God, but hasn't transcended the one that thinks it's God. Because when you know you're God, you don't think you're God. You just are. It's a fish going around thinking I'm a fish. God yeah. is just God. So yeah. when... <laughs> When we get to the place that we know who we are, if you are clear about your infinite power, you don't need to defend it. You want to extend it. You want to share it. You want other exactly. people to, to benefit from that level of freedom that you experience. And all freedom, all freedom is strictly at the mental level. And here's the crazy part. I know you get this, but we are all so free that we put ourselves in the bondage of the ego by choosing to come into this incarnation and have the experience of separation. Right. But because the universe is expanding, this little blip called planet Earth that is in contraction is getting blown wide open because it it's it it really frankly is the seed that has to break open, it can't keep remaining this little tiny seed in, in inside of its own idea, attempting to create this world that is that is suffocating, it needs to blossom, we have to mature, we are going to be moved into the truth of who we are. And all this stuff that's happening in the world is a reflection like this beautiful being right here, you're you're sharing that you're going through these these shifts. As we shift inside and move out of our egoic self, well, what's going to happen? We're going to have people without an ego running corporations, running for office, educating children. Um, well, we may not even have corporations when that happens. Who knows? Well, the whole we, thing we won't need. Yeah, yeah, we won't need that that hierarchy. I just wanted to acknowledge Raquel here. She says, um, I am peaceful about my truth, but I still get sad when I can sense I am making other people uncomfortable or considered weird or somehow not as credible as I used to be to them. I think one thing I'd like to say to that in response is, first of all, Raquel, you are not responsible for what anybody else gets comfortable with or uncomfortable with. That's not your responsibility. You have only responsibility for your own uh, truth, your own feelings, your own thoughts, all that stuff. How people respond to you is their work. It's what they have to do. So my invitation to you is to try and trust who you really are, trust who you really are being, and know that you are coming from a place of truth. And if you're coming from love, then it won't matter. If they're uncomfortable, let them have that experience. Let them grow from it. Let them expand from it. You are giving them a gift, even though they may not see it that way right now. The other thing I wanted to say to you, Lina, is in regard to this concept of defense. What, what happens? You know, we talked about this whole thing. You know, you, you get more and more defensive. You build stronger and stronger walls. You build bigger and bigger fences. And soon you're surrounded. Who's the one really being imprisoned? 
but the one inside the fence inside the fence and if you ultimately do want to be free then the first thing you have to do is start dismantling your defenses and that means dismantling the kind of weird spaghetti-like thought patterns and belief systems that you have in your mind about everything that existed before and come back to the truth of who you really are and that is what i believe is happening in the world today yeah. we're seeing even though we've got some external events that look pretty scary all underneath the surface i believe we're having much more awareness and more and more people starting to come to reality and come to come to the truth of who they really are so we are moving i think into this well i don't know if i could claim that we've got collective spiritual ego yet or not it seems like we still have collective immature ego yeah. but some of the people some of the players are moving into the spiritual ego side of things and hopefully we'll see many of them quickly move to the next stage which is the what the transcended ego yes but let me jump on a, the a wonderful message that you give uh rayquil is that how you say your name it's beautiful um and it's it's to look at everybody as a mirror it's but it's a mirror of where you are because if they're upset look at the part of you that gets upset with their upsetness if they are thinking you're weird where do you look at yourself and and agree with that you're weird exactly but if you can use it as a mirror whether it's a personal situation or just the world i look at the world all the time and when i see what's happening in the world i'm like looking in the mirror going wow how fascinating those by the way I am not triggered by what's happening in the world. I'm not even worried about what's happening in the world. I know it is all perfect and in, in the hands of God. It's just energy, dancing, doing what it does. It's just consciousness and contraction and expansion. It's no different than clouds moving about and taking different shapes. It is all absolutely perfect because it is helping us see those who chose to have an incarnation and an, an experience of separation that the game that we've been playing is just boring. It's not wrong. It's just boring. You know, how many of us played? Um, I know I played Monopoly a lot of times and my grandmother used to win all the time. And then my mother, you know, then my sister, it seemed like everybody got park place and all the hotels. And it was always, and I stopped playing Monopoly, not because it was wrong. It just got boring. It always got boring. And only when I was winning, was it good? And even when I was winning, it got boring after winning so many times. Right. So anyhow, we are, the world is, is at a place where the planet is, the planet itself is a consciousness. It has already transcended. It has completely, completely transcended how it was operating, allowing the destructions that it's been allowing. And it's in a process of regeneration, right. which is why she is putting off all kinds of shaking and quaking and tsunamis and and she's releasing all that does not belong well she's way ahead of us humanity is just now as a collective beginning to get curious because they're watching the idiocy of our leaders the the lies on mainstream media so we're really just becoming a little bit aware that something is off which leads to curiosity. We're nowhere near spiritual ego for the collective yet. There's a lot of religious ego, but we're not at the spiritual ego place because that means that we've all achieved the place where we know that there's only one spirit. 
we're no longer calling it different names. It's not not you know Allah and God and Buddha and Bambi. It's it's not all those different names. Um, to move to the spiritualized ego, you recognize that there's only one power, and that one power is you know it's nameless. Even in your ego, you know it's nameless. But you have to recognize that it created you. You don't create it. And you can't transcend it until you humble yourself enough to recognize that you are a creation of the creator. And until we get to the place that we recognize that, we can't transcend it. So I would say humanity is probably a good 500 years from now. But I'm guessing five generations before we really get to the place that we've transcended the collective ego. Um, but in this in this in this incarnation that we're in, uh, I believe that we are still at the baby stages of the curiosity phase. Look how long we've been in immature and unaware that that's been thousands of years. So 500 years is not a very long time. Right. I'm guessing five incarnations because we need about that many generations to have forgotten this insanity when we stop teaching about history and, and move out of the past. And then in the present moment, start creating from a place of well, what would feel good to your heart. And then we will move into the present moment. That's when we will be a transcended humanity in the fifth dimension of consciousness. Yeah. And well, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, and I think it's important too because, um, yeah, the the fact that our collective ego hasn't reached a very high level, and I I agree with you there, doesn't mean that there aren't individuals on this planet who have gone way beyond that level, and that's one of the things that David Hawkins talks about. He, you know, he 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 describes in his map of consciousness that you know each level. Well, it's it's a, an exponential scale. When you go, when you move from one step to the next, it's like you're ten times more powerful than the people you you are, are behind you on the on the previous step. So what this means is that every one person who moves forward offsets the negativity of the ten people below, and that's really important because that is what I believe. That is the uh, energy that is actually keeping us from destroying ourselves. We have enough people at a high enough level that they're offsetting the negativity of so many people below them. Exactly. And, um, you know, so people like Jesus or Buddha or, you know, some of the other amazing avatars that have lived before. And maybe even someone like David Hawkins himself. I, I don't know what his level of consciousness was, but judging by what he wrote, <clears throat> excuse me, and the lessons that he taught, I think he was pretty high up there yeah. and uh, it's it's and he was a pretty humble man, too. And that's one of the beauties of, of, of people who reach that level of consciousness. They don't have anything to prove anymore. They're they've gone beyond their ego. They have they've, they've moved into this sense of true humility where they can share their wisdom with you and you can accept it or not. And it doesn't bother them one way or the other. It's it's beautiful. It, that's kind of where I want to get to. And I know I have a ways to go. So, <laughs> well, yes. Uh, the when I tap into my guidance, the planet has about twenty percent of humanity that has achieved a really very very strong level of curiosity, which means they are open. So they're not in judgment anymore. They're open, and in that right. openness, there is an awareness of another way. There is a recognition. 
um, of the way of love. So whether it was Gandhi or Buddha or Jesus or David Hawkins that have been teaching and planting seeds on this planet, you know, for example, uh, the, the beautiful teacher Thich Nhat Hanh that just passed away not too long ago. Well, he taught a lot of people, just as Jesus said, and greater works than I will you do is because every teacher plants seeds that blossom, you know, thousands of other teachers. Look at yeah, Jesus exactly. all these yeah. mm -hmm. planted. Mm -hmm. Look at how many of us and, and David Hawkins had a very strong connection with Jesus. And it's because we're all coming to the same consciousness. It's the Christ consciousness. And Jesus wasn't the only one that achieved that. You know, exactly. lots of other teachers are achieving that. I know I am. That's what I'm experiencing is the, the Christ consciousness. It's the same one that Jesus said, because if we follow him, he was just showing us the way. And it's the way of love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. It's a way of love. Um, but when you operate at that level, you're operating as the Christ. And that's what that mirror is about, Rayquel. When you look at other people, you're seeing, are you operating at the level of love that is unconditional love, no condition on how you're behaving, how you're talking to me, what you're thinking about me. I'm going to love you no matter what. When your heart is at peace and you're extending love, well, you're free from reactions of the ego that needs those people to like you or approve of you. And to get to that place, that's when we transcend the ego. The trance ends because you're no longer needing validation externally because you've come to the one authority within. And when exactly you meet right. God mm -hmm. inside, you know that God is love. There's only one thing that you can possibly do to re to sustain your peace and your happiness, and that's to give it away. That is just isn't to that beautiful, isn't it? And, it's that that's simple, really. Yes, it's really that simple. But it's so, but it's not easy to get there because you have to be willing to. Question every thought that you have. If it's a thought that separates you further from others, it's the eagle putting you in in self in defense. You're building defense. But if it's a thought that allows you to feel more connected, then then you're operating from your Christ itself. You're operating from the truth of who you are, and from that place, you can't help but connect. You attract other beings at that frequency. And exactly then right. yep. create the new earth, which is why today we have politicians who are operating at a higher frequency. They're banding together. We have the doctors that are operating at a higher frequency. They're coming together to make sure people are taken care of. They're following their oath. We've got we've got lawyers that are coming together and saying, wait a second, we got to we got to defend people truly. And. They're all doing that because they've come to a place of recognition that to not help others is to deliberately hurt others. Yes. And once you understand the difference between the two, you cannot continue to do hurtful things. You just move about to, to use your time to co-create helpful things. That's why That's you don't right. have to get rid of the ego and kill it. You just start doing what your spirit tells you and you start facilitating the co-creation of something new. The ego is transcended. You stop listening to its voice when the voice that you're choosing to listen to is the voice of what would love do here? Right. And, and you know, 
you just brought up a, a, a memory for me and I wanted to share this. So one of the things that I have is I had this book by David R. Hawkins. It's called The Ego is Not the Real You. Um, this is a collection of wisdom from some of his different teachings, his, his presentations, uh, excerpts from his books and so forth. But just in alignment with what you just said, I, I, I really want to quote this because it's, it's really beautiful. He says, it is not really necessary to subdue the ego, but merely to stop identifying with it. Mm -hmm. Now think about that for a moment. What does that mean to stop identifying with the ego? That's a deep question. And some people may have difficulty understanding that. What's your answer to that question? How do you stop identifying with the ego? What does it mean to be identified with the ego? And, and I've read a lot of David Hawkins books or several of them that didn't realize that that one existed. And I absolutely, if I were to write a book about the ego, um, I, I'd say the same thing. It's, and it's what I teach in my classes. It's everything that's not true about you. So the only way to, to disidentify with the ego is to just don't believe your own thoughts that create uh, hurt, that create hurtful feelings, that create um, any level of disconnection. Don't believe the thoughts in your head that cause you to feel bad because there are thoughts in your head. If you don't believe them, you don't feel the, the result of them activating that feeling bad. So there's really only one answer. And I didn't get it until I began to no longer believe a thought. And, you know, this happened for me was um, my former husband who was you know, the love of my life, not the father of my children, some, the gentleman I married after um, I divorced my baby daddy. But this man, baby daddy, my baby daddy, truly was the love of my life. I've never experienced love like that for anybody, not before, not since. And it was absolutely the most powerful love that I had to feel for another person. So that when he began to have his egoic story, his he, he didn't know that when you are in the presence of, of love, everything unlike love comes up. You know, when, when you come close to the light, everything that is dark gets revealed. He didn't understand fully that his insecurities were for him to look at his, his egoic uh, stories. I knew that. He didn't know that. My spiritualized ego was attempting to get him to please, you know, study this, these spiritual teachings, follow these steps, you'll, you'll get healed, you'll get beyond what you're experiencing. And I would say to him, you know, you've got all the spiritual knowledge in your head, use it. And after saying that many, many times, you know, stop projecting it on me, you do your inner work, I realized, oh my God, Lina, you've got all this spiritual stuff in your head. Why are you reacting to his reaction? And I had the biggest aha moment because that's when I realized, wow, I know that he shouldn't be reacting to me. So why aren't I accepting him in his reaction? Why am I not loving him as a person who's in the midst of suffering? And that's when I realized I've got to stop listening to this voice in my head that says you should stop projecting and open up to my heart and project the love that I am. 
allow the love that I am to be extended and love him exactly where he was in that moment. And I'll tell you what was amazing is that I could feel as, as he was going more and more through his story was previous wives had cheated on him. And because I'm so outgoing and so loving, you know me, when you met, we hug, I hug everybody. And I'm not going to, I used to say it's because I'm Latin. No, it's because I'm a spirit that loves, that's it. And I just hug everybody. And every single time I would hug a man, he would go into, oh, you're having an affair with him or you, you like him better than me. So his insecurities got activated. Right. I, when I realized that every single time that I was trying to get him to work on his insecurities, I wasn't working on the part of me that was secure. I needed him to stop being insecure so it wouldn't affect my insecurity that his judgment of me would cause us to break up. Um, I had to accept, you know what? In my defenselessness, my safety lie, I'm going to stop defending myself and trying to prove that, no, I'm not interested in anybody else. I'm going to love you where you are. And if this relationship has to come to an end, so be it. But I'm going to leave with the same amount of love in my heart for you that I came into the relationship with. And I, I began to realize how as he was in his his fears, I began to build fences. I began to go to bed at night and I would sit with my thoughts and go, oh, my gosh, I, I I'm separating. I am putting walls in front of my heart. I can't do that. So my work was all about removing my walls. So the, the long answer to that simple question how do you transcend your ego? Don't believe the thoughts that are unlike love. Just don't. It's That's that. Beautiful. Yeah. And and I think it's a lot easier said uh-huh. than done. Because having having um, having a, the ability to stop believing something is is a challenging thing. You know, this that there's this story that nature abhors a vacuum. I think the ego is exactly the same way. If I stop believing one thing, then my ego is going to want to believe something else. Yeah. So there's that challenge that we have to, to, to do. And I think one of the most powerful techniques that I know of for, for let's say, dissolving beliefs is, is by just simply meditating and noticing, what do I believe? What are the thoughts that I have right now? And observing them the same way I would observe a cloud in the sky and just watch it take its shape and move across the sky and change shape and let it just slowly dissolve. So I think that's a, you know, a powerful statement. And by the way, I wanted to just say I had I had almost exactly the same experience with my former wife. You know, I'm much like you, Lina. I, I I'm a loving person. I like to hug people. I like to connect with people. And uh, my wife was very insecure about her about herself. And she would often, we had to go to th- couples therapy about this and it just got tiresome for me. It reached a point where I said, look at if you can't handle the fact that I happen to like looking at other human beings that I like, hap- you know, it's a, the same way that I like looking at flowers, uh, then we obviously this is just not gonna work. But sometimes decisions like that have to be made. Yes. I want to say, Raquel, thank you so much for your comment. You say your heart is expanding so much listening to us. It feels like I am being transformed in this moment by this message. I think that's fabulous. And and I'm so grateful that, you know, 
we've been able to, you know, give you that kind of, of experience. Yeah. Lina, we're getting close to the end here. And I was just wondering, is there something you'd like to come finish with before we close out? I mean, you've always got great wisdom. <laughs> oh, well, it just, it's, uh, I've learned to tap into the, the infinite well of wisdom we all have access to. And I just type to Rayquel, if she just goes to my website, I want her to receive that gift of the soul's journey. Um, you know, it's, it's just such a beautiful thing that we're doing here. The only thing that I, there's nothing really to add to this conversation. It's just so beautiful and so whole and complete in and of itself is that if people enjoy this conversation, keep coming back for more because you and I are at a place in our lives that we're so generous with our sharing because it feels good to share. And we know that the more we help heal humanity, uh, one person at a time, like her, you know, one little nugget at a time, it just benefits the the rest of us. So that that would be all that I would say and, and welcome everybody back for the next, um, our next conversation. So thank you for yeah. having me again. Well, as always, Lina, it's just a, a pleasure to share space with you. And I, I love these conversations. We get so much, we, we touch on so many important points. And uh, these really truly are, I think, wake up calls of a whole different dimension. Uh, and so I'm really grateful that we've had this time together. Thank you for being here. Thank you all for watching. And uh, if you check out, you've got I've got the recordings of this and all my other offerings on my website at yourlifemasterycoach.com. And I know that uh, Lina loads them up on her website at linaorlando.com as well. So feel free to check those both out. And I look forward to seeing you again very soon. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ray Quayle, for being with us. I feel grateful that you were with us too. All right, everybody. Goodbye. Bye-bye.